Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich. I'm so glad you decided to spend some time with us today. I know you've got a lot going on at your church going into this weekend, and it's just our honor that you would take some time out uh, to plug us into your your earbuds, as we say, uh, to wrestle through uh, some issues today. I'm honored today to have Larry Schranz with us from Church of the Highlands. This is going to be an incredible conversation uh, for folks that don't know Church of the Highlands. It's a great church, a growing church, one of the fastest growing churches, if not the fastest growing church in the country, started just in 2001. One, uh, they've got 12, ca- 12 campuses in Alabama, plus uh, a, church, a church online experience, online campus, 31,000 people a week. And you're like, who are these guys? How come I've never heard of them before? Which I know they take a little bit of pride in that. Uh, but 31,000 people attend weekly, a great church. Um, and, and, you know, th- for me, the part that's even more impressive is over 3,400 uh, small groups. And so we're so excited to have Larry with us, to- or Lane with us today, sorry, uh, on the show. Lane, thanks for coming. Uh, you're welcome, Rich. I'm glad to be there. Uh, not been called Larry often. Most people <laughs> mess up my last name, not my first name. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. But, sorry about that. I, I'm just so glad you've uh, you know taken some time out uh, to be with us today. Why don't you tell us, for people who don't know Church of the Highlands, why don't you give us a sense of kind of the ministry of Church of the Highlands? Yeah, Church of the Highlands was started uh, by our senior pastor, Chris Hodges, uh, on February 4th of 2001. And it was actually an experiment <laughs> by a group of guys uh, kind of led by Greg Surratt out at Seacoast Church and Billy Hornsby, who's Pastor Chris's Mm father-in-law, and another pastor named Rick Bizet. And they just got together and decided to create a new model of church planning. Mm -hmm. And that now turned into what you know as the ARC, the Mm -hmm. Association of Related Churches. So Church of the Highlands and New Life Church in Conway, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. pastored by Rick Bizet. Uh, we're both launched on the very same day with the same plan, same strategy, and it actually worked. So we decided to do it more. <laughs> we have planted now over 500 churches in the last 14 and a half years, almost 15 years, which has just been a miracle to be a part of. Church of the Highlands is a miracle in itself. Uh, Pastor Chris, I believe, is just an amazing leader, but really he did a lot of work in his 20 years of ministry before Church of the Highlands in studying proven models. Mm. So. Uh, most great churches in America have had an impact on our church, and, and he really did a good job kind of formulating a plan and a strategy, taking the best things from the best churches and putting it together with a great vision. And we've really followed through with that for 14 and a half years with very, you know, we've only made things better. We've not changed the vision or how we implement the vision. We've just improved on how we do it. And it's been a, an amazing journey here in Alabama. That's incredible. Now, why don't you tell us about your role there at the church? What, what do you do, Lane? Yeah, over the years, I've, I've kind of worn several hats because <laughs> I was the first staff member. Uh, all you church planners know what that's like. And <laughs> pastor Chris was my youth pastor 26 years ago out in Colorado where I grew up. And nice. So I, I felt God calling me to come join him. And so we moved here 
to Alabama from Colorado Springs. And, and at that beginning, when you're the only staff member, you pretty much do everything. My main focus was starting our, our what is now Highlands College. We have a ministry school and then all student ministries. Of course, I, I served as the associate pastor and, and did whatever I could do to serve Pastor Chris. Mm-hmm. Over the years, my role has narrowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I oversee our campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, we have uh, 12 campuses, so I oversee those. And then that's what I do within Highlands. And then outside of Highlands, I lead what we call GROW, which is our uh, training network to help other churches. Mm-hmm. And so we've really created a system and a network to help other churches with how we do what, what we do. And so I lead that as well. Very cool. Well, you know, I think when people from the outside may look in and say, gosh, uh, 31,000 people, that's a lot of people. That's a massive church. How does a church like Church of the Highlands, how are you guys keeping people connected? How are you ensuring that, gosh, people are coming back, they're feeling cared for, they're feeling you know, looked after, they're not just like one number in a mass uh, audience in one of those campuses? Yeah, I, I'm, I love this topic mm-hmm. because I think it is one of the strengths of our church. And it's something that, that as we help other churches, we know makes the biggest difference. And that is we have to get people in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've developed plans and strategies to have great weekends and mm-hmm. churches doing great with that. But we have to work as hard or harder at making sure people get in relationship. As Andy mm-hmm. Stanley says, circles are better than rows. We've got, we've got to connect. And so we've worked very hard at Church of the Highlands to have a small group system that is is very effective. But what's really cool is it's very scalable. So we have a campus of 500, and we use the same small group system for that campus as we do our largest campus, which runs about 10,000 on a, on a weekend. And so uh, what we try very hard to do at Highlands is have systems, if you will, mm-hmm. that are scalable and reproducible. So we want to be able to help church of 80 people with small groups. Mm want to do it differently and say oh don't do it like us when you're that small you need to do it like this and right. we've developed a, a system that's working very effectively as you said we have 3400 small groups currently we just we just uh, did our semester uh, kind of tally and we have 38,000 people in small groups right now that's incredible 38,752 uh, <laughs> exact uh, which is incredible and yeah. that on Sundays 31,000 counts kids uh, the small group number is just adults right so we are thrilled that we have more people consistently in small groups than we have coming on Sundays because we believe with all of our hearts that true life change happens in the context of relationship, not services. And so uh, obviously we have to have great services Mm -hmm. to connect people to God, but we also need them to be connected in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the system that we use at Church of the Highlands, we just call it the free market. Nice. system, which means we are not trying to build the church around us and our passions and our giftings and what we think small groups should look like or ministry should look like. We want to discover what's in the people of the church Mm -hmm. and let that come Mm -hmm. out in ministry. Everybody in your church, whatever church you have, is in a small group. Human beings naturally group. (laughs) It's probably in a group that's not the churches. It's not strategically used for ministry. And so we we don't ask people to stop their lives and then come to our small groups. We <laughs> ask them to strategically turn their lives into ministry. And so our small groups look like our people. So it, when we have people that have a deep passion for prayer and intercession, they lead prayer small groups. And when we have people in our church that have a deep passion to help the elderly in nursing homes, we have small groups that go to nursing homes. Mm. If we have people that have a passion to break down the scriptures and Greek and Hebrew and mm-hmm it for hours we have groups that do that and so we let people determine 
what their group looks like and and therefore there's all these benefits mm. when it's what they love they're more apt to invite people to be a right. part of it. when it's what they love they're less apt to burn out right and, uh, and and so there's this passion there's this energy and this excitement and and then there's the longevity because they're getting to fulfill God's calling on their life not fulfill the church's calling on the small group system if you will mm. and within that free market system uh, we've even followed the flow of life and the seasons of life mm. and so we break it into semesters just okay. like the school year right so we'll have a a fall semester we're in right now. We're several mm -hmm. weeks into that, and it's going to end in the first week of December. And we're not going to try to force people to have small group every week throughout the holidays when there's so much going on, right. and they've got business parties and family gatherings, and Lord knows with broken homes, you know, there's so many different right. Christmas events. And so we're not going to compete with that. And mm -hmm. and so we take a break from through December, and then our church prays and fasts in January. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, we launch small groups again, and we go through the spring semester, much like a school calendar. Right. Those those semesters are 13 weeks for us. Mm -hmm. uh, works great with all the different curriculums out there. Uh, there are so many great curriculums from great leaders, pastors, ministries. And so we 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 invite people to use all of those things mm -hmm. and uh and then we do a short semester in the summer okay uh, it's not going to be highly as highly attended involved uh, and attended but uh it, it's about six weeks that we do in the summer okay now so i think this is great obviously you've you know i totally understand what you're saying on the free market system how do you what do you define then as the common core of all the groups so i understand there you know there's kind of a wide variety of things that would attract people to the groups. I think that's a, you know, obviously I can understand why that's sticky. I can understand why people would want to attend that. I, and as a leader, I can understand why I'd want to pull people together on that. How do you say, okay, that's fine. You're, you're going to have all these different kinds of connections. What is it that makes you then a, a group? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And let, so let's clarify what we expect those groups to do. Yes. And the overriding expectation of every small group at Church of the Highlands is that we spiritually identify. So this is what we ask the leader to do, spiritually mm -hmm. identify every person in your group. Mm -hmm. And then, and so what I mean by spiritually identify, where are they with God? Mm -hmm. There's people in your group that might not have a relationship with Jesus at all. There's people in your group that maybe have been in church for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they're in very different places, but they're in the same group. So spiritually identify where they are, and then that semester help them move one step. Mm -hmm. so, even as a pastor, I've had some guys, I've led men's small groups. I was at one this morning uh, that I'm not leading. I just went and attended that small group. And there are, there are people with issues and problems. And even as a pastor, if I feel like I have to fix their life, if, I have to, if, if they're going to be in my small group and I've got to disciple them and make them a fully devoted follower of Jesus, mm. I, I begin to feel this pressure and this weight. Mm. Discipleship, like I've got to fix them. And, and it can be very intimidating, very hard, and very discouraging because mm. people usually take time to work through and so we want to figure out where they are so the the unsaved we want that one step is let's hope and let's pray and let's work toward them being saved Making a decision yep person that's been in church for 20 years i've got a different move one step for that person i want them to become a leader right their own small group and you could create nine different people and stories and i could tell you all those yeah. But that's that's our overriding expectation. Now, how how are you how are you equipping your leaders for those next steps? Do you have kind of a um, you know a training, or what are you doing to kind of ensure that they understand? I think that's a powerful idea. A part of what I love what you're doing there is you're not saying, 
you know, hey, do it all. It's like, no, how, what is the one thing that we're hoping to take everyone? I think that's a powerful idea. But how do you kind of equip your leaders to be able to wrestle through, you know, what are those one steps that people could take? Yeah, we have a, a smarter leaders training, which uh, this might unsettle some people out there. Uh, and I know I've had <laughs> enough conversations with pastors to know that this freaks them out. But our, our smarter leaders training is about an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, nice. And, and it's one time. There right. is no more trainings. It, there, that's it. Right. And so we have a, a very simple assimilation process into our church. If you're a visitor uh, for the very first time at Church of the Highlands, we're going to encourage you to go to Growth Track, which is just four weeks, mm -hmm. which will then connect you to God, connect you to the church, discover your gifts, and then get you on the team so you can make a difference. And so uh, it's at that fourth week that you could choose, I want to be an usher, I want to be a greeter, I want to be on the worship team, or I want to be a small group leader. You would just go to this hour and 15-minute small group leaders training. Mm -hmm. But then when you begin to lead a small group, you're going to have a coach. Okay. Coaches are other volunteers that have led small groups in the past, and and we know that they're going to learn more, not in another leadership training and taking more notes and listening to a, a talk, but they're going to learn more of a problem. Yep. Okay, I had a guy in my group that says he's depressed. Okay, what do I do? I've never I've never met anybody depressed. How do I handle that? To their coach, or I had a, a young lady said that she's going to kill herself tonight, and they, mm -hmm. they know who their coach is and have that communication, and so we're going to teach them for the rest of their years as small group leaders, as coaches. And so mm -hmm. even my own life, that's how I learned in ministry. Mm -hmm. A teenager serving in Pastor Chris's youth group, it was when he gave me the freedom to lead a group. And then when problems arose, that's when he would teach me. And so that's kind of our system. Yeah, that's, an, I think, a critical insight there that adult learners really only learn. It's just-in-time learning. They only learn when they have to apply it. And so you could talk using those two examples. You could have a class on saying, here's what to do when someone says that they're depressed. That'll just go in one ear and out the other. For most people, there's a small segment of people who will learn like that. And those are the people that write those classes. Um, but that's actually not the vast majority you know, of people. Now, folks are busy. Um, people have got a lot going on in life. They're you know, wrestling you know, with trying to figure out how do we you know, just do life. Um, how is it that you're, you're kind of getting people to engage on a consistent basis in groups? I hear that a lot from churches. It's like, yeah, people are just too busy. Uh, and, you know, to be able to do two sessions, two 13-week sessions, and then maybe some do six in, this, in the summer, that's a lot. Tell me how you're helping people engage. Well, the, part of that engagement is the free market concept, which mm -hmm. means not only does the topic not matter to us, but we don't care when or where you meet. Mm -hmm. And so, like the men's group I was at this morning started at 6.30 a.m. at a Cracker Barrel, Mm. And so that that's easy for most men to make that. They're going to be going to work about to work. 30. And so it's real easy. I've led men's groups at a Panera Bread. And so we have, we have you know, you know mothers of preschooler groups yes. you know, are meeting at 10 a.m. in somebody's home or at the park when the weather's nice. And so we allow the leaders to, to determine the market, if you will, and mm -hmm. what the need is. And we even encourage our leaders, hey, if, if people aren't showing up, you might want to check your time and your location and maybe move that around. Because just like a business, uh, those things are going to be important. Mm -hmm. And our participation level, obviously, by the numbers I shared, is very high. But yeah. I believe it's because it's it's that free market giving them freedom to, to meet at 6 in the morning or 7 at night, meet in their their house or meet at a Panera Bread. It doesn't matter. Now, every system, every leader knows that they're picking an approach. Uh, in some ways, you're picking the problems you want to have. What would you say are, you know, the one or two, 
areas where your approach has provided a bit of grind that you're still trying to figure out. You're still learning. You're still wrestling through trying to figure that that piece out. Yeah, I think the the, the constant grind, if you will, is probably not as much against what we're doing, but breaking down people's perception mm-hmm. of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And and there's 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 the perception of oh small group is kumbaya and and this this perception will keep you from getting leaders mm-hmm. uh, so let's look at it from that standpoint uh, obviously every church would want more small group leaders so many people in the church are afraid of the word leadership like mm-hmm. and I get that that sounds intimidating and really we're trying to break down that that perception that a, a leader of a small group has to study all week long they have mm-hmm. to come up with three points in a poem. <laughs> an accurate description of the Greek interpretation of that word in Romans chapter 8, whatever. And and so that just becomes intimidating. And so it's hard to get leaders when they have a perception that a group is them teaching. And, mm-hmm. and our groups are not that at all. So we're constantly trying to break that barrier down so our leaders understand that it's easy to host a group, even use that language. Hey, we just need you to host a group. If you can push play on a DVD player, you can lead a marriage group and it will change people's lives. Mm. And so just breaking down that barrier, the same barrier for the people in the church that you want to connect to a small group. Many of them have a perception of what is a small group? What, what is that mm-hmm. like? Is, am I going to stand in a circle and hold hands with people? Are we going to sing? Is it going to yeah. be weird? Uh, what about that one lady and you know, what's she going to do? And like, so they have these perceptions. And so I I love to say, you know, just because you got a bad haircut doesn't mean you stopped getting haircuts (laughs) because you have a bad, bad experience in a small group with a a lot of people have had bad small group experiences. doesn't mean that you just need to kick it to the curb, Mm -hmm. need to go after it. So I really, I think our challenge is just dealing with people's perception. Very cool. Well, anything else you want to share with people that have been listening? And this has been a great conversation so far before we move on with the rest of the episode. I, I think something that pastors really need to hear, senior pastors need to hear that mm-hmm. uh, if you're wondering why it's so successful at Church of the Highlands, it's it's because we are not a church with a small group ministry. We are a church of small groups. Mm-hmm. So it's not a department. Mm-hmm. It's It didn't take off when we hired the right guy. I think most pastors think if I hire the right small group pastor, everything will be fixed. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work that way. It starts at the top. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. Pastor Chris, in our early years, was leading as many as three small groups a week. Mm-hmm. This day, he still leads small groups. He talks about small groups. He tweets about his small group. It comes out in his messages. Every staff member at Church of the Highlands leads a small group. That's mm-hmm. what we do as volunteers. Because mm-hmm. people in our church, they work full-time jobs, mm-hmm. and they volunteer and lead small groups. Well, so do we. So my wife and I lead a college-age small group on Monday nights in our home. We love it. And so it's throughout our whole culture. So uh, a a staff member at Highlands not leading a small group would be like a staff member at Highlands not coming to church. Right. I mean, it's that important to us. And I think pastors need to grab a hold of that if they really want to see small groups work in their church. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're going to turn to the lightning round. That's the part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Super excited to have Lane today from Church of the Highlands. It's been a great conversation all about small groups. I hope you're leaning in, leaders, because there's some great nuggets that uh, that Lane has been just dropping all over the place today. Uh, but let's jump through these questions. Lane, what's an online resource you're using these days that's particularly helpful for you? Um, well, I, w- I would like to say that uh, because of this topic, I want to give an online resource that we Good. are making uh, available to you to make it easy for you. Good. And so everything that we've talked about is available at growleader.com. Good. 
And so you just go on there, create a profile, and then I'll give your listeners a, a free password so you don't have to join or anything like that. And it's just grow guest, grow guest, lowercase, and you can create a profile and access our resource site, which has every document that Church of the Highlands uses in any area, but specifically our small groups training manual is in there. Anything that we have as a resource to small groups is on there. Mm. And then as well, go to churchofthehighlands.com and just look at small groups and search out small groups just to see what that system looks like. So you can maybe get an idea of the variety of small groups that are there. So we want to we want to help anybody that we can and, and cool. be able to get that to you. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. We'll link to that in the show notes so people can you know just easily get connected. I really appreciate you providing access to that. Is the uh, is there like an outline or kind of talk through of the hour and 15 minute training session? Is that on there? I'm assuming it is. Yes, it's, we call it a small group leaders training manual. Yep. So the manual is there in the student version, which has blanks and the teacher version, which has the answers to oh, the blanks. You're making it easy here. You're setting it up for people. That's, that's yeah. great. You can, it's all in Word document. You can take our name off of any page that it might be there, uh, put your own language in there and use it. Everything is given away for free. Great. Um, what's a book you've read in the last six months that's kind of shaping your thinking and your ministry? Wow. I'm, it's not in the last six months. It's actually this week. I'm reading in, Intentional Living by John Maxwell, his newest uh, book. And it's it's messing with me a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm in my mid 40s, and there's one question that's just kind of standing out. And and he asks, you know, what is the one thing that you could be the best in the world at? Mm. And uh, and I don't think I can be the best in the world at anything, but but really just drilling down on that and mm. trying to focus, mm. work on some strengths, if you will, and <laughs> and and try to. To, to really excel and do a better job at anything that I'm doing. Very cool. Um, what's another ministry that you look to that kind of inspires you? Uh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. And, uh, they're all the churches that most of you are looking to. I'm, I'm very thankful uh, to have developed over the last several years relationships with kind of the executive level guys at some of the nation's great churches. And so we even get together on occasion. I'm going to see some of the guys from... Uh, Life Church uh, mm -hmm. next week from Willow Creek, from Saddleback, mm -hmm. and Gateway. I mean, you, I, I hate to list the names because there are just so many of them there. Yeah, absolutely. Christ Fellowship and North Point and, and just developing relationships with my peers, our peers at Church of the Highlands and these other guys at New Spring and all the other churches that everybody's looking to, mm -hmm. to be able to have relationship and their phone number to call them and just be like, okay, this just happened. How are you dealing with that? Or... Uh, and it's really cool. 20 years ago, churches, you know, would have kept everything close to the yeah. chest, maybe because of theological differences, not even been in the same room together. And that is completely gone. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited to report that there is tremendous unity mm -hmm. in the largest churches in America today, which is very cool. Very cool. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive anywhere in the world, who would you want to get that with and why? Oh, my goodness. It's a goofy question. I know. But come on. It's always fun to hear. Yeah, that, it's a tough one. I'm I'm so grateful that I've had the privilege mm -hmm. because of Pastor Chris and Church of the Highlands to meet some of the guys that would be top on that list. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Houston, John Maxwell, mm -hmm. Craig Rochelle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just fortunate over the over the years to have had the opportunity mm -hmm. to be with those guys, and mm -hmm. so they would definitely be yeah. on the top of my list. Uh, but I also have a business background. Mm -hmm. I was in business till I was 30 years old when I moved to Birmingham and. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's, I mean, just kind of different guys I would want to spend time with. And I have a racing background as well. And so probably Rick Hendrick. Okay, of, nice. 
motorsports would be the guy I'd want 15 minutes with. Cool, very cool. Well, I'm sure uh, trying to manage all the, you know, that system there and manage the people keeps you super busy. What do you do when you just want to kick back, relax, you know, have some fun? Uh, how do you how do you spend your time there, Lane? So I'm I'm a little bit different than the average or most pastors. Uh, uh, Pastor Chris loves to play golf. I'm horrible. <laughs> right. Oh. And I don't know people that like to do things that they're not good at. Yes. Um, and so I, I'm just not going to do it. So I retired from golf about seven or eight years ago. Nice. Uh, and uh, I'm a kind of a motorhead. I have two daughters, uh, 16 and 14. They both had motorcycles before they turned six years old. So we wow. like to ride motorcycles around the yard a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything I can do with my girls, my youngest loves horses. Very cool. I can be with her for that or my older daughter who is now switching from motorcycles to having an interest in cars. Uh -oh. so. <laughs> well, Lane, I really appreciate uh, you being on the show today. Thank you so much for, for taking time out. I really appreciate that. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, churchofthehighlands.com is our mm -hmm. church website. Uh, the, the way we can help you the most, once again, is growleader.com. Mm -hmm. That's where we're going to be able to resource you and give you those resources and to create a, a username there and then get a free set of downloads would be uh, growguest would be that password there. Very cool. And all our contact information is all on our website. Great. Well, thanks so much, Lane. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.